The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 248. Sunday, August 17th, 2014. This is The Paunch Stevenson Show. PaunchStevenson.com. Episode 248. I am Rob. You are Greg. Yes, hello. Hello, hello. Oh, so uh, I guess we'll start with a celebrity death. I knew that was coming. It's one of my uh, all-time favorite actors. Born uh, April the 7th, 1928. Died July the 19th, 2014. He was 86. The great James Garner. Rockford, this is Sean Connery, dammit. Where's my million dollars? did he do? He was on Maverick back in the 60s. Maverick? Maverick. He was in Grand Prix, the movie. Uh, and that old James Garner. Rockford. You don't remember the Rockford Files? Stephen J. Cannell? I mean, I've heard of it. I've never watched oh, it. Come on, it's great. What, 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 what were the Rockford Files? Well, he was a private investigator. Was he a, 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 a clerk? At, at a, he had to file papers. No, he was a private investigator. What did he investigate? James Rockford. Well, he would always. And the funny thing about the Rockford files was he lived in a trailer in Malibu. This is back in the seventies. Okay. Well, the funny thing about it was even back in the seventies, that was like prime real estate, and this guy would just just lived in a trailer, like right on the beach. But. The thing about him as a private eye was he would always get these crazy cases that he he wouldn't want to do, and he would just kind of be like like roped into it. So it's a comedy. Yeah, yeah, it was funny. Oh, all right. You know, he'd get beat up, and then have to like get get into the case. The thing was, at the end of the day, he never got paid. <laughs> so I don't know. It's a joke about like Rockford. He would never actually get paid. So how did he like? How'd he make any money as a private eye? Never got paid. At the end, they'd be like, hey, yeah, Rockford, thanks for helping me, man. And he, uh, too bad I can't pay you. (laughs) What? Um, he was in, yeah, he was in My Fellow Americans with, uh, Jack Lemmon. That was a funny movie where there were two ex-presidents. Dan Aykroyd was in. And what did they do as two ex-presidents? They had to foil a nefarious plot to kill them. Cooked up by John Hurd. Why Why would somebody want to kill two ex-presidents? I don't know. To blame it on something else, I forget. It. They were trying to, it was like a thing where like Dan Aykroyd was the current president, and he had some kind of scandal, and they wanted to hide it, so they killed the ex-presidents. When did that come out? Oh, like, 96. Great! 96? Yeah. I have no recollection My of that. My fellow movie. Americans. Never heard of it. Dan Aykroyd was in horrendous shape at that time. What? So... I don't know, just, uh, just saying. Um, yeah, James Garner, one of my favorite actors. Um, yeah, he was in the movie, the 1994 revival of Maverick, the movie with uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, the cowboy movie. Yeah, where he's the gambler. Uh, Danny Glover had a cameo in that movie. Getting too old for this. 
Well, it, it was funny that they, they, they were, Danny Glover was robbing a bank, and Mel Gibson was in the bank while it was being robbed, and uh, and they kind of look at each other and they kept doing like a double take, <laughs> like I know you from somewhere. Uh. <laughs> um, yeah, Alfred Molina was the bad guy, and also one of the bad guys was uh, James Coburn. Yeah, and he's and um, uh, James Garner is supposed to be this marshal. And uh, uh, Jody Foster's also in it. And <laughs> this funny part at the end where he goes, one part, he goes, Hey, Coop! Uh, uh, what kind of security is this? I mean, I mean everybody's got a gun! Okay. And then this thing where um, uh, James Garner screws over Mel Gibson, who'd won this big tournament on the riverboat, poker tournament, got all the money, and and he goes, he goes, Hey, hey, uh, Coop, that's my money in that satchel! And he goes, was your money? And he walks out. And of course, the twist in the movie was, that's actually his father. Maverick. Ma- I don't know. It's a funny movie. You've never seen uh, Maverick? No. no why would I see Maverick? It's great. I, I don't like westerns. It's not a western. It's a comedy. Comedy western. Oh, God. All right, anyway, next. Sorry, J- James Garner dead. Next. <laughs> Jesus. No respect. I'm all respect. So, oh, what I was going to say about, uh, you mentioned um, uh, Dan Aykroyd. So now they're talking about, you know, Ghostbusters 3. Still, come on. So now apparently they got this new director and all this stuff. So now supposedly it's going to be a, a cast of women Ghostbusters. What? Who? The guy, the guy who is directing it is the guy who directed Bridesmaids, I think. Alright. So I guess the presumption is he'll get like all like the women comedians like Amy Poehler and Kristen Wiig. I don't know. It's... But I think Aykroyd and, and Ernie Hudson will probably be like a cameo in the movie. Like, Bill Murray's not gonna do it. First of all, this movie is never going to get made. And even, and, and if it does, Bad. Yeah. I'm calling it bad. So, um... Let's, let's see if I'm right. If it do, Let's see if I'm right. If I'm r- No, not if I'm right. If I'm wrong. If it actually does come out and it's good, then I'm... So, another funny thing, you know, I watched the Norm MacDonald uh, show on YouTube. Yeah. Hilarious. So, I forget who we had on the show. They were talking about something or other, and, and he was talking about the Norm show, I guess. And he was talking about how he wanted to get... You know how he impersonated Bill, uh, Burt Reynolds, right? Yeah. So he, on one of those shows, he, he wanted to, to cast Burt Reynolds as his father of his you know own character on the show. Oh, on the Norm one sitcom. Of the, one of those two Norm shows. I the old sitcom. One. Yeah. And they, they wouldn't let him or something like that. Yeah. I think you like, mentioned that on. before. On the Never podcast. the Burt Reynolds part. I think you did, actually. No. One time before on the no, podcast. Well, I'll mention it again. Um, I have a... Th- all right. Go to Google. This is quick. Go to Google. Yeah. And type in... Do a search for prank box. Prank box. And go to the website. This prank pack? Yeah. Oh wait, no. What the? What is that? No, get out of there. <laughs> the prank. Pack. Oh no! Oh no! This is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, this is. This genuine is genuine fake gift boxes. So here's the thing. So you order one of these boxes, like a like a product box, yeah. like a diaper box or a, a whatever. This this like sleeping bag box or whatever it is okay. for a, a really stupid, lame, idiotic, cheap product. And if it's Christmas or someone's birthday or a holiday and you want to give someone a present, you put the real present inside this really idiotic, lame product box. Right. You wrap it, and then you say, hey, I got you a present. Oh, cool, thanks. And as they're unwrapping it, you just watch the look on their face like, like why did you get me, like, a box of diapers? What you... <laughs> and then, like, what? And, 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 and just to watch the person be so uncomfortable... And then when they actually open the box, like, oh, you got, it was just a fake box. So there's a website that sells these fake boxes. Wow. 
to trick people. So the next time I get a gift from you, I, I maybe I should expect this mm, stupid I, thing in there. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. The Game Max. So it's like a box of a game controller with like 50 different buttons, speakers, a fan. Right, it looks like a cheap, dumb, like, ch you know, child's toy. It's like, gigantic. Like, oh, gee, thanks for the child's toy. Nah. Anyway, it's just a way to prank. Coffee talkies? <laughs> what the hell is this? Uh, pet sweep. It's like a f four foot mitten that you put on the dog so he walks around and cleans the floor. <laughs> Another update is Weird Al. Weird Al, yeah, I was going to mention him. Came out with a new album, yeah. Man 2014, Mandatory Fun. I think it's, he said it's going to be his last, like, full album. Well, his last album that is released on a major label. So, wow. so, so in other words, he's still going to record and release music, just yeah. most likely online. Not, you know, not have to go through the whole rigmarole and bureaucracy of, of a record label. Right, because what he, what he basically said, he's like, look, you know, a lot of what I do now is, like, topical music. Yeah. So why should I wait, you know, eight, nine months, two years, right. you know, before something is hip, a song is hip, before I come out with parody, but... Well, after the song is, you know, right, it's already yeah. it's already peaked. So, so yeah. So anyway, mandatory fun. He parodies. Uh, now he he released like ten music videos, like every song in a music video. Yeah. Were any of them any good? Yeah, yeah, they're they're all right. They're, you know, he he parodied the Farrell, Pharrell, oh, whatever that stupid hat, ha happy tacky. Uh, the, this, this woman, Iggy Azalea, oh, or, or yeah. whatever her name Australian is. Australian white rapper. Whatever. And, uh, you know, a few other songs, so. Check it out. That's Ooh. out. It's good. We, we still haven't seen him in concert. Still. And then, I, we will. One of these days. Wait, well, we haven't seen him in concert, but we've met him and talked to him. That's true. And he did a bumper for the Paunch Stevenson. That's true. We'll have to play it. Hello, this is Weird Al Yankovic, and you're listening to The Ponch Stevenson Show. Awesome. Never settle for less. That kind of rap is just the best. To keep your sandwich nice and fresh. Stick it in your cooler. Cooler. Eat it when you're ready. But maybe you'll choose. A refreshing herbal tea. One last quick thing is, I don't know if you know, but supposedly there is a... So you know how there's the live-action Transformers movies, live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie, this new one, Michael Bay garbage. So there is an upcoming live-action Sonic the Hedgehog uh. movie. I knew that there was a Sonic movie. I know that that was being worked on. I didn't think but it would be live action. Live action. Now, Julia White. It, well, yes, actually. No. In light of that news, someone because you know you know how before these dumb, r ridiculous Michael Bay Transformers movies came out, 
there were all of these people at home, fans at home, making their own CGI clips, and they were really good of the Transformers. Well, I guess in light of the live-action upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog movie, someone made a fan live-action Sonic the Hedgehog movie, which was actually pretty decently done. It actually came out pretty nice. And somehow got Jaleel White to do the voice. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. So yeah, if you when whenever you get a chance, if you go on uh, on YouTube and and search for it, it's like I think it's like two minutes long or something. But but what yeah, I mean, ah, Sonic the Hedgehog live action trailer. So I, I don't know. I forget how I came across it, but. Somebody is that the one where they're in a forest? First fan trailer is probably it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Does everything have to have an advertisement? I'm, yep. I'm the pre-roll. YouTube sure. pre-roll. How's that show? Skip. Skip ad. Is this? No, this is CGI. Oh. This fan one was live action. Anyway, whatever. We don't. It's, it doesn't matter. I wanted to see it for a second. Uh, that one in the middle. Yeah, this? that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue Core Studios. Yep. Fan film. How long is this thing? This is from 2013. 18 minutes. Yeah, it's from from last year. Anyway, you like you could skip past all this stuff. Yeah, I just want to see Sonic, but I don't right. Sonic. Well, that's what I mean. You could skip. So the bad guys are coming. Julian White. Doesn't sound very good. Well, the Sonic is still like a cartoon character. Yes, yeah, computer animation. But mixed in with the live action. Uh, where is he? Blur. The blue blur. If you go back a minute. Yeah. yeah, just give it a second. So you gotta go back a second. I mean, whatever. You get the gist. Whatever. I mean, come on. For a fan thing, this is well done. It's like that sort of that Mortal Kombat one. Yeah. It's probably better than what the real one is gonna turn out like. Impressed? I know, I know. I can make quite an entrance. You know, I can come back and do that again. An islander. The blur. The blue blur. Pretty sure you've heard of me, considering I'm number one on Robotnik's hit list. The blue blur is cool, but you got me, Sonic. <laughs> See something you like? Uh... I hope not. I mean... You're pretty and all, but... No. <laughs> You're a... a hedgehog. And proud of it. Sounds like more are coming. I'm gonna go and have some fun. Catch you guys next time. So, I gotta show you a couple of trailers. Alright. Alright, so this is a new, there's a new movie coming out at some point. Um, it's called Birdman. And it stars Michael Keaton, Brian Edward Norton, and Emma Stone, I think. And who does the theme song? A Birdman? Yeah. I don't know. Birdman! Oh. Are you going? Man, To poop on my windshield today. Birdman! Alright, 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 alright. I love Rodriguez. Is this the a, a biopic of Coco Beware, the Birdman? Why does Michael Keaton? Why, why does he have an afro? No, wait. This is not the, the trailer that I wanted. <laughs> what is this? No, seriously. What is what? Who's the Birdman? The Birdman, I guess, is is. A superhero? This, yeah, like... Harvey Birdman? No. Oh. So, in this film, Michael Keaton played this superhero called Birdman, sort of like he played Batman 
You're white. A bat, a bird. He could only play winged superhero. So in this thing, his character's an actor who's typecast as the bird man. <laughs> and he's trying to make a comeback, and there's all this, like, craziness going on. And this, is this a true story? No. <laughs> Kidding. Is he gonna say, I'm Birdman? How did we end up here? In this dump? You were a movie star, remember? Very, very strange. Well, again, I think it's it's one of these like dark comedy kind of a things, especially with Edward Norton in it. Norton, <laughs> but it, it basically lit the internet on fire. Why? I, I don't just you know that Michael Keaton will actually maybe in a movie like a, he he will be a leading actor in, in a movie. He was a leading actor in a movie. Yeah, like 20 years ago. No, recently. When? The movie that I reviewed. Oh, come on. It was a like Lifetime movie. Apartment Northwest or something. Oh, what was it called? Terrible. I don't know. They had two different names. You <laughs> know what the name was. I know. Blindside. Blindsided. Um, Alright, now here's the other one i got to show you. This is not a new or anything. This is, this is absolutely insane. Alright. You've waited your entire life for this. Oh no. Or at least, at least, close your eyes. You can't, you can't all see Alright, 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 fine. Waited my whole life for this. Yes. There's, no, this whole, the whole le- length of the show. Oh, what the, wait. I've waited the whole length of this recording for this. Not just this, alright. Alright, right. I'm not looking, I'm not okay. looking. Tim and I were pretty far down the road designing it, and I know. With Tim and where I was going to go, we would have done something really special. But the truth, but but at least it's out there in the ether that that could have happened. But it doesn't have to. We don't have to make the movie. It's still interesting. Are you aware of the the Kickstarter campaign to kind of dive deeper into into Superman lives as a documentary? I do think that I had the win-win situation because you know that character is such a bullseye that you have to hit. You know, he's one of the most precious icons of our country. At least it's out there in the ether that that could have happened. Nicholas Cage as Superman. All right, all right, all right. So Nicholas Cage right, so as finally, Superman. Finally, finally, there will. I mean, this is amazing. Like we made very early on in the show. Oh, come on! Commercials. Very early on in the show, we made fun of Nicholas Cage as Superman. Hey, like, hey, Lex Luthor, <laughs> hey, put down that kryptonite over there, hey, hey. Right. That would have been hilarious. Um, we make, always make fun of Nick's cage, but we made fun of him as Superman, because we were, both of us were like, no. <laughs> like no, this like, hunched over, bald, like, beer-bellied guy. So, <laughs> Superman... <laughs> So very early on in our show, you photoshopped some Superman costume onto Nick Cage's head. Did I photoshop that? Yeah, that was not a real... I think it was real. No, it wasn't. All right. No, I don't, because... I don't remember photoshopping. No, I, I don't think it was real. So, but I never really knew... I like. I knew that they had talked about doing a Nick Cage Superman movie. Right. But I didn't really realize. I mean, now... So anyway, so... 
this thing is called, it's a documentary they're trying to do. It's called The Death of Superman Lives, What Happened? And so basically, what happened was back then, I guess around 96 or something, they did the comic, The Death of Superman, or 95, or whatever. Wow, that, that was before, it was like, yeah, it was around 93, right, s- somewhere around, yeah. So Superman was dead, even though he came right back a couple months later. Right. But in terms of the movies, like, nobody done one in a long time, Christopher Reeve. Um, they'd done, like, TV shows. And so, somehow, Tim Burton got attached to this movie that... Uh, Kevin Smith was going to write with somebody else. <laughs> and they eventually dropped it in 2000. And, and Tim Bur- Burton says, basically said, I, wa- I basically wasted a year. A year is a long time to be working with somebody that you don't really want to be working with. And he was talking about this, this guy, this producer, John Peters, apparently he didn't like. It was budgeted at $190 million. Back then. Yeah, which was a ton. They wasted, Warner Brothers wasted $30 million in development costs. Wow. Um, now, they do show, which I couldn't believe, they actually had, like, like footage of Nick Cage, test footage as Superman. In the tra- suit? Yeah, trying on ridiculous costumes yeah. with long hair. Superman with long hair? A mullet. No, it was like that Nick Cage, the uh, Con Air yeah. kind of hairdo with the long hair. And now they, I don't know if Cage is in the documentary though. <laughs> I doubt it. That's the only thing. Um, I didn't even realize this was going on. Apparently it was on this website, fanbacked.com. Oh, it's like a Kickstarter. Oh, it's not even done yet. They're right. trying to raise 85,000. They've raised 57,000. So where, so what is it? Fanbacked.com? Yeah. Uh, and again, or you just Google. The devil, put a link, but the death of Superman lives, what happened, finishing funds. Right. Yeah, I can't believe that this actually was as worked on as it was. Oh, yeah. In a sense. I mean, they were talking about, and in the doc, in the trailer they talk about that they would have had a cameo from Batman. I don't know which Batman, maybe. I'm Batman, I've been Michael Keaton. Um, Best Batman. <laughs> yes. And uh, maybe Adam West is Batman. <laughs> Adam West. Second best Batman. Yes. <laughs> Adam West. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, it's, I mean, they actually list the budget breakdown here of all the things that they would have to pay for. Mm. Which is kind of cool. And... Um, I don't know. I'll see. I'll probably... I wouldn't mind. Well, they, they even have a handmade action figure. That's <laughs> <No. laughs> As a oh, it doesn't show it as a as an, a reward, terrible Nicolas Cage action figure, a exclusive Nick Cage poster. Yeah. It's drawn, uh, the Death of Superman poster. Okay, a DVD funder. It's fifty bucks. Blu-ray sixty. Uh, t-shirt voicemail. Who's the voicemail from? <laughs> the, the director John Shep Schnepp. Who cares? Nah. Uh, some more figures and t-shirts, uh, a book, don't really care, associate, then in the, in the thousands of dollars you can be like a, an associate producer and hang out with the director, like, don't care about. No. <laughs> Co-producer, I mean, you mean, uh, Kevin Smith couldn't offer anything? <laughs> I know, he's the one, he's the one who's involved with this. Ridiculous. Anyway, so I really, obviously I hope that this, this, this makes it, uh, I don't know if it will, but. You gotta, uh, you know, video interviews with Tim Burton. Yeah, Tim Burton and Kevin Smith and a bunch of other people that worked on, you know, with whatever they did work on with it, but I don't know if Nicolas Cage, I got a feeling that he, he won't do it. No, of course not. That's that's too bad. It would be cool if he talked about it, but yeah. you know, I, I don't think he's going to participate. So I um I did hear that um, Arrested Development will be back on Netflix. They don't know when, but they're basically saying it's like a foregone conclusion. All right, a, quote season five. So hopefully Ed Begley is back. <laughs> yes, 
Uh, um, Mr. Um, Green. Yeah. I, I'm kind of hoping, even though I, I didn't have a problem with how they set up the episodes with all the, like, you know, one episode folding into yeah. the next and then re kind of rewinding and doing it's each like, character. This, this is a Tobias episode. Yeah. Or this is a George Sr. episode. It's like, ah, I think they on. almost had to because it had been so long and they had to catch up. But I think well, now... And, and also scheduling. Right. But I think now they can kind of go and maybe do it more normal. I hope so. So that's coming back. And um, apparently, you know, the... Uh, the, the TV channel that, that Fox started, FXX, which is supposed to be all comedies. They moved uh, Always Sunny and The League to it. Yeah. Um, apparently, I, I think it already started, but they're doing a Simpsons marathon. All 500 and something episodes from the beginning. Right. In order. Well, yeah, in order. In order. Yeah. So, I think they said it's going to be 12 did it start continuous already? days. Yes. Of non-stop Simpsons episodes. Twelve continuous days. Like 24 hours a day. Twelve days. Yes. Which I'm surprised because... When does it start? I, I don't know. Late August. Soon. Look at the date. I'm surprised because I thought... I, I, I would imagine, you know, right, Simpsons, it's been on for 25 years. August 21st through September 1st. All right, yeah. So, and it's like, oh wow, twenty-five years worth of episodes is twelve days. Yeah, I, I don't know. I thought it would be like a month or something. It's well, only like half an hour each. Uh, yeah, I know. But it's, and the commercials. Yeah. But so anyway, yeah, FXX. So that's cool. Um, oh, the Simpsons movie will be aired after episode number four hundred. Which I guess chronologically. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 right. I want so I guess if I wonder if they'll start. Are they going to start with the Tracy Ullman stuff, or just the mm, actual Fox run? Probably just the the actual series. Yeah. So not even those those movies. Were there a couple of movies like a Christmas movie that started? Well, that's that would probably be the first one. Oh. Is that Christmas special? Yeah, so you, you can hear, very briefly hear, uh, um, Chris Latta as, uh, Mo. Mo, yeah. Mo the bartender. Uh, I, uh, I um, right, so I have a local update of, of somewhat. Local update. Local hometown update. Alright. So, what is this? You, you watch the Ninja Warrior from time to time, right? That used to be on G4. Yes. What do they call it? Mount? Mount? Magor Midoriyama or Midoriyami or something. <laughs> so basically, Ninja Warrior was a show. I guess it's still on. I don't even know. But it was a show that was from Japan where it was like an obstacle course where. And it wasn't like a silly one like Wipeout or something like that or Double Dare. Right. I mean, it was literally like a. But you had to be like a gymnast. Yeah. And. The, you know what it was? It was kind of like the obstacle course at the end of the old American Gladiators. Right. Where the two people would compete through the obstacle course. Except ex it was 15,000 times harder. This one. Yes. The Ninja Warrior one. And it's one person at a time. Yeah. And it's a, and it's go, it's, it's based on how far you get in how much time. Right. So the, the Japanese, you know, as they are with anything, with their, with their game shows are very, their, their game shows are very, very, very enthusiastic. <laughs> yes, but they're also like a little bit insane. Oh yeah, somewhat dangerous. Right. Yeah. So the the a Ninja Warrior is basically like you have to do these crazy jumps and acrobatics and everything under in a time limit. Yeah, yeah we've talked about it before. It's very, very I've, difficult. Yeah, yeah. So I talked about this. On the on the Pawn Stevenson yeah, so, show several so, years ago. So they would have these. Esteban was into it too. Yeah. So they would have these. Um, oh, by the way, Esteban. In case anybody's wondering, uh, please save me robots.blogspot.com. Uh, he has been doing a few more podcasts. Good. Um, he went to a a convention that he was supposed to be a, a panel speaker. He was going to talk about like like newspaper clippings that he collected of toys of Transformers, and and nobody showed up. Ah, uh, wait, what? 
He was sitting at the table by himself. And nobody showed. He said there was some scheduling issue, but uh, nobody showed. But he did post. He did wind up right, reading through the slides on his own. It was actually informative. I mean, yeah. for an odd subject. Listen, has to, he has to come to New Jersey and do a convention, and we'll go. We'll go to the table, Florida. So anyway, so he should, no, Esteban should do a Kickstarter to raise money to buy a plane ticket to New Jersey, so we could go to his panel discussion. Um, yeah. So um, Ninja Warrior is very difficult. So a couple of years ago, they started doing this thing on G Four, American Ninja Warrior. Right. Where the Americans would Americans would have to try and qualify by completing the course, and then they like the best one or whatever, the one who whoever completed the course could go to Japan and compete there. Right. So it happened a few times where an American man completed the course, went to Japan, and was terrible. Stunk. Yeah. Right. Stunk up. Went nowhere. So now, just recently, a woman completed it, the American Ninja Warrior, for the first time ever. American wow. woman. So. But wait a minute, though. They do American Ninja Warrior, I think, on, like, Channel 2 or something. Mm -hmm. Or or 4, yeah. NBC or ABC. But they've never had a woman do it. But it's current. I mean, they're currently... but And it's it's not to go to Japan. It's purely in America. Maybe they do go to Japan. This new one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe they go to Japan. I don't know. So who's this woman now? so, So the only reason I bring this up, normally I wouldn't care... Is she actually was born and raised in our hometown? Really? Yes. Which hey. is Belleville, New Jersey. So uh, yeah, her name is Casey Cannonzaro. Sounds about right for Belleville, yeah. New Jersey. So um, yeah, I think she's uh, twenty-four. All right. She does have a website and everything, and she was doing a lot of local interviews. And uh, we should get her on the show. <laughs> Come on, do an interview. Seriously. I mean, I'll ask her, but uh, come on, yes, let's do this. Let's make this happen. Wait a minute, San Antonio, San Antonio, Texas. So she, yeah, she was a gymnast and everything in college. She moved a couple of years ago. She moved to San, An- oh, San Antonio. Forget be, it, then. No interview. To be part of this. Alpha warrior nah. thing. Well, I guess I said they trained to do nah, the nah, traitor. Traitor. Forget There's it. No, where where are you going to have these these ninja warrior stuff in New Jersey? It's not there. Anyway, she could have built one of the obstacle courses in her backyard, just like these Japanese people do in Belleville. Wherever I don't know. It's a loud. So wait, is she still in Texas now? This job, I don't know. All right, let's we'll interview her on this. Show. We'll try. Reach out to her, or if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Reach out and touch. Um, yeah. So that was kind of cool. You know why not? Casey, what? Casey Cannon Zero. Cannon Zero. Casey Captain Zero. Did you hear about a... So, for like the past ten years or however long, this this trend of TV shows has been reality TV. Yes. Everybody gets a reality TV show, except us, evidently. We'll want one. Would you want to, seriously, would you want to be in a reality TV show? Yes, only to... Act like an idiot. Only to act like an idiot and mock reality TV shows. So you want to be like the puck? No, no. I would do it like in a, in a, you know, in a, in a satirical way. So you would be like the Tom Green? No. I'd be like the, the, Gary Busey. Larry David of reality TV. Anyway. So now the latest reality show that's being worked on is a reality show where they're going to round up, I don't know, like however many people to be on this show. They're going to put them on a space shuttle, fly them one way to Mars. Oh, well, that's not really a reality TV and, show. And leave them there to die. Yeah. You want to go to Mars? <laughs> No, there's nothing there. 
Except a couple of rovers. So what do you think about this reality show? Well, it's not a reality show. It's it's a project. Oh, a project to send people on a one-way ticket to Mars to die. Well, everybody dies, but... (laughs) Eventually, yes, technically. I think the presumption is that they would, you know, they'd be able to survive for a very long time and just die in in a Out in the middle of the desert of Mars? Well, they'd be covered in, but anyway. It's, it's one of those main, main, these many, like, private, uh, like, SpaceX, you know, kind of a project that they've been, yeah, they've been taking, they got hundreds of thousands of people who, who turned in... Who, who want a one-way ticket to Mars. Yeah, man. So, um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think it's interesting that you're looking to colonize Mars or whatever. Um, I just... I don't think my thing, I, I think in terms of... It's not really a reality TV show because it would be something that would happen over a long period of time. It might be more like the Truman Show. Remember that movie with Jim Carrey where you're kind of following along with people here and there and... You know, see where, see where it goes. Or maybe like Big Brother, where they live in the house for a while, and then you can turn on the TV, Big Brother, behind the scenes, or whatever the hell it's called, and it's just, they just sit around talking. Nah. I'm like, what the, this is stupid. Well, anyway. So. Well, you, first of all, Michael Bay has to go on this trip. Yeah, I was gonna say, who could we get to go on the space shuttle to a one-way trip to Mars to die? Michael Bay, uh, without question, the front, front, front and center. <laughs> Kardashians. I, I can't. I can't watch them again. No, I'm no. saying to no, not to watch them, to to ship them no, off to Mars. No, I don't know. I, I don't. Kanye I don't West, <laughs> ship him off to Mars. I don't really have a problem with him. Miley Cyrus, no, ship her off to Mars. Lou Ferrigno. Lou, oh, definitely Lou Ferrigno. Uh, can you imagine him on that trip? Uh, Mr. Tom, Mr. Bay, Mr. Bay, Mr. Bay. I give 110 percent. 110%. 110% on Mars. Oh, so I had one last movie review. I actually forgot. Uh, movie review. I saw the angry video game. Oh, the movie. Angry video game. I James the, Rolfe, who we have one of the, interviewed. Yes, one of the premieres that they had in New York City. Um, they had it in a nice uh, theater, the Symphony Space. Where's that? Uh, it's, it's on, like, uh, near Broadway and, like, 95th Street. Oh, it's uptown. Yeah. That's, that, that's an uptown movie. Yeah, um, so it was cool. They had a couple of, we, my, Friend that I went to the matinee there, and um, you know it, it's uh, I, you know I, I uh, look I reviewed it on the Digital Press podcast. Um, I could probably just play the review. No, <laughs> just real quick, real quick. Here's the thing: Did like, any of them see it yet? No. So you were the only one. Yeah. All right. So it was like a. It, here's the thing: it was like a two-hour movie. I thought it was too long. I think. The first... An hour and a half. That's the sweet spot for a movie. The first, like, half an hour, 40 minutes, from the start of the movie, where they're kind of reintroducing you to the angry video game nerd, kind of making... doing a satire of it, kind of poking fun of it, whatever. From the first half an hour or so, 40 minutes, not only was it one of the best video game movies, you know, that I've seen... I thought, honestly, to be honest with you, I thought it was like a theatrical quality comedy. Mm. I really did. I thought, I mean, it, the pacing was really good. The jokes were really funny. You know, they, they went from A to B to C. You know, it was really, really good. And um, then somewhere about, you know, a third of the way in, it just seemed like it got got more and more bogged down and to the point where like I said honestly it was probably 20 or 25 minutes too long where they just it was way too repetitive they tried like you could tell at the end when they were like ramping up the action there was just too much that was totally unnecessary like they tried to do fight scenes and you know look he had a lot of like the other thing was he had a lot of miniatures that he used which are funny and all but he had miniatures combined with like like lousy CGI, and it was just too much, too cheesy. 
Yeah, he I should think have, he should have kept it simple. He overdid it, and like at the end, there was it was just too much. It just seemed like it went on and on and on and on. I'm like, okay, James, where where's the climax here? Get to the point. So, I think that was that was something that was a little unfortunate in that sense. So at so the end of the he, day, he did a Peter Jackson. He oh, needed an editor. God, not that bad. Well, he edited it, but yeah, not, I know. But I'm just saying that figuratively, he needed an editor. Yes. I think, as I said, I think he tried to do, put way too much in there and just overloaded it. But, I mean, there were a lot of good, there were a lot of jokes that, you know, all the people in the audience, you know, had a good time. They were clapping and laughing and I, I really enjoyed it. I, I definitely enjoyed it. And what I would say is I went into it thinking that, you know, I'm like, this was just going to be like a, like a two hour long nerd episode. You know, it's going to look cheesy, but, you know, the, he had the camera work that he did, the lighting was top-notch, it looked really good, and I was actually really, really surprised at the quality of it all the way around. You know, I really well, thought it was going to be like this mess. The thing is, I am a big fan of the web series, and and I think it's good quality, and it's funny, and I really enjoy it, but I think... With the web series, some of the cheesiness or the the lame special effects or whatever, I think number one is done partially on purpose. But number two, I feel like w- whether it's done on purpose or not, I feel like it it gives it charm, right? It has its own charm and its own. So even if the this this feature film did have that cheesy, low-budget look to it. I, I think that would have been fine. I think it would have worked, because it's part of the charm of this character. He's in a basement, he's a nerd, he's, you know, it's he's into old technology. I, I think yeah. it would have been fine. The other thing was, I, even though he's playing that role that he's played for so long, he's he actually acted really well. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it, seriously, it wasn't like, like, I've seen people who like, like, Lou Ferrigno. Please. Somebody who wasn't an actor, like, like, Lou uh, Ferrigno. Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, <laughs> boy. When he did, like, Ford Fairlane, <laughs> which was abysmal. Oh! Or Shaq. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, somebody who clearly had no business being an actor. Yeah. But he did a really good job. And the premiere was really nice. They had Kyle Justin come out. And he had a new song about the nerds movie that he sang and All the nerds join as one with your pocket pouch and your power gun Feel the power of everyone The history of the nerd, the film he shared with you, everything, the massacre and his family, the fans that come to set this free. This is the history of the nerd, Snicks back in 1993, started James Bowes' crusade to bring you movies. This is the angry video game nerd. This is doing reviews like the turtles and more. This is the angriest gamer that you've ever heard. This is the angry Atari, Amiga, CDI, Corica, Vigna, Television, Tegan, Neo, Zero, Turbo, Rabbit, Sixteen, Outer Studio, Commodore, Nintendo.
No. Was... Then he did a Q&A that I recorded. Oh, yeah. And hopefully it's it's understandable. It was really, really long. What? Well, you don't have to play the whole thing, but... Basically, yes, but it's a complicated story. Uh, we'll have a longer version, probably on the DVD commentary stuff. But let me give you the, the quickest version possible. That you can see, you know, he had a lot of fun changing games in it, so it was actually fun to do that. But everything with the movie was cleared. Um, you know, everything was like proper clear. We had like, you know, um, legal consultants or anything on it, and basically uh, said that you have to get everything cleared when it's a feature film. And it's a weird kind of blurry line. Nobody's ever done a game critique in a feature film before, where it's a narrative film. It's basically something nobody had the answer to, but nobody can tell us yes and be like, you know. So basically, we, we went to Atari, and to begin with, Atari is hard to get in touch with. They're, they're better now, actually, because it changed ownership so many times over the years. I think they bankrupted in the midst of us trying to work with them. They did. So we had to go through everything all over again. In the middle of shooting, they changed ownership again. So anyway, we finally did get uh, through. We cleared everything in the movie, the Atari console, the joysticks, everything in the movie that's Atari. But they couldn't clear E.T. because back in the day, they said that whenever they made a movie-based game, the rights would go back to the studio that made the movie. And Atari didn't. So Atari didn't even own their own game, basically. So basically, then it was like, okay, so how can we get in touch with the studio now? And we did, and then they were like, you know, just a really quick one sentence reply was just like, oh, I don't know if Mr. Spielberg would be interested. And that was it. So it's like, all right, what do you do now? And we love Spielberg, and we think he would love this movie. Yeah, so, like, but, what, you know, what do you I don't think they even showed it to him. No, I mean, it was something like, how would he even have time? Anyway, that's a good question. Thanks. Nerd! It was actually the last day of the large group, um, which was day 27. Yeah, day 27 the control room. And that's the scene where uh, Dark On was interrogating me. And, uh, you know, I'm tied up in the chair the whole scene. Everybody was so exhausted. You'd think it would be simple because it was just dialogue. But then we had these effect shots when he gets his arm cut off in the door. And we, had, we were trying to shoot the missile that day. Um, an actual Tony Stark missile on set from Iron Man. They got it from the prop house, and we didn't get to shoot it. And uh, we were just so behind schedule that day. And I remember just tied up in that chair, like falling asleep, like, no, no, this is not good, this is not good. Eric, you saw, you saw actual sweat on, like, James and, and the general's face. It was just hot as shit. It wasn't makeup. We didn't sprint anyone down. My eyes were all, like, bloodshot. And you can see it in close-ups. But I think it was my best performance because it was real. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and I remember from Dark Onward, uh, Stephen Mandel, he was the voice of Splinter on that. Nerd! Uh, Howard Scott Warshaw, he was great to work with. He was awesome. He's a therapist now, he gave me his card. I don't think you've been through a lot, here's my card. <laughs> so, you know, it all started when I was a kid and I played this game where you're falling down pits and everything. <laughs> He was awesome, and uh, you see him once upon Atari and all the Atari documentaries and everything, and uh, he's in the Atari Game Over documentary coming up, so he, he has lots of stories that he tells in those. And I knew from once upon Atari that he had a sense of humor and that he was into filmmaking and stuff, so, it, it, you know, because we were, when we wrote a movie, we were like, well, how do we even know if he wants to do it? And we never met the guy, but then, you know, we sent him the script and we talked to him, and, uh, you know, he was in good and, and he worked it out. It was great. And he said a lot of really kind stuff to us on set and everything. And so Wasn't he so good? Give me the chills. Comes up. Yeah. Oh, man. Nerd! Strangest day shooting. The hardest day. The hardest day. I, I think <laughs> the, the second to last one I talked about on my vlogs already, but it was the, the missile, the shooting the miniature, the missile that. Brought the fire department to my house. Um, <laughs> okay. uh, that was uh, tough because one of my lights was, he made me heat next to um, the smoke detector. This was the one kind that calls the fire department. Uh, but, uh, well, yeah, or Atari, yeah. So when he came over and I was like, oh boy, he's going to love this. They like 20 video games hooked up to one TV. Fire marshals would come just like, oh my god. I remember these games. <laughs> and this is like 3 a.m. on the second to last shot of the movie. 
was any of his entourage in the movie, or was it really just him? No, it was just him. Um, there were there were cameos like Mike Matei and Kyle Justin had a really short cameo uh, in the beginning. The angry, uh, the the nostalgia critic, uh, some other people. In fact, some of the people we know from Nava, um, uh, the painter guy Adam Shub, Adam Shub, whatever his name is, Shub, Shub, I don't know. He's a nice guy. He the square painter. Oh, with the the flat cap guy, yes. with like all the piercings. Yeah, he had a couple of uh, really. He had a couple of cameos. How did and he swing that? Because they they live in Philly. They've known uh, he's known him for a long time. Um, don't you remember when we when we went in the basement and they were hanging out with him? I think he kind of introduced himself vaguely. I don't know. Also, uh, Matt Papa, baseball hats. He, he's the into Japan. Hair yes, with, like, the bang, and his so. his girlfriend has the yeah. like blue hair and all. So the two of them got... There were other people, too. I just didn't recognize them. So how could we have gotten into this thing? Well, we could We have. stood out in the freezing cold, manning his line, and he, we get nothing. No, when he was making the film, he had a casting call for extras. But extras. we... I know, but we would have had to flown out to Los Angeles. Number one... He should have. He shouldn't have shot it there. Number two, I know. I no, no extras, co-stars. Look, we're still, you know, our friend Donald Ray's. I keep. He's got a. He's coming out with a horror movie. Supposed we're supposed to interview him whenever the darn thing comes out. I keep forgetting to ask him. What I thought he promised he would put us in it. No, he didn't promise he'd put us in it. He said we would be in the beginning and be the first ones to get killed. Oh, he did. We talked about oh, it. Damn him, he lied. Or he forgot. Well, he's in Chicago. Were, were you going to go to Chicago? <laughs> no. Chicago. Chicago? You wouldn't have gone there. <laughs> to be in a movie? I would have gone there to be in a movie. Well. A real movie. I don't know how real it is. <laughs> uh, Wait, so when is that supposed to come out? I don't know. When I last saw him at our friend's wedding last last year... He said he would let me know once it... Because it's still like... They're still trying to finalize it and all that, so... So if the angry video game nerd could do a movie... And wasn't a lot of it uh, crowdfunded? Some of it. Some of it? Very Actually, very small amount at the end of so the where day. So where did he get all the money? Uh, Investors? Yeah, he said backers of some sort. All right. So if he can make a movie, he's an internet person. If he can make a movie, we're internet people. We have the Paunch Stevenson show, nine, almost nine years, ultimate pop culture podcast. We're going to make a movie. With what money? Kickstarter. We're going to make a Kickstarter for the Paunch Stevenson movie. The Paunch Stevenson. What? I don't even know what, what, what idea we would have for it. It, it, would it be doesn't terrible. matter. We just want the be, money. You know, you know, the last time a bunch of like, like, not radio, but like audio personalities tried to make a movie, Howard Stern. No, who? The I Jerky Boys. Oh, it was an abject yeah. failure. Well, we are the Paunch Stevenson Show, and we are the best. And actually, no, you know what? We don't just want the money, but it would be cool to, to, uh, to make a Paunch Stevenson movie. Right. And come on, what? We'll put Esteban in it. Yeah. Frank Nora. Space Jack. Man David. Yeah, Spaceman David, Jack Silbert, Silbert. Jack Silbert will be in it. Uh, who else? Who else would be in it? Jonald Reyes could be in it. He'll be in it. Uh, well, it'll be directed by Scott C. Clements. Scott C. Yes, he'll have to be in it. <laughs> um, you know what? The, all right, here's the plot. Yeah, Ready? Bring everybody back. Here's the plot of the movie. I got it. The plot is we've sat through so many torturous movies. Yeah. That now we get our revenge. So we we end up like like we find out that George Lucas and Michael Bay and and Uwe Ball and all these people. <laughs> are hanging out, like, eating lunch together at a restaurant, and yeah. then we go in and, like, tie them up and, and, and make them watch bad movies, and, <laughs> and like, <laughs> what do you think? Uh, they'd never do it. No, we would get impersonated. Oh, okay. 
So it would be sort of like airheads. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm brainstorming. I'm brainstorming. Oh my god. Yeah, I guess that that could work. If anyone listening, if, if you have any ideas for Paunch Stevens in the movie, go to paunchstevenson.com, leave oh, comments, or, or leave comments on our Facebook page, or just give us your ideas for the movie. Yes. And you know who would do the soundtrack? Tammy Aaron. What? <laughs> Remember her song? Did, oh, God. Did we play that song? Yes! Did? Oh, wait. Tammy Aaron would be in it? Yes. Well. Alright, so who would do the soundtrack? Rodriguez! Oh, yes! Yes, Rodriguez will be in it. Yeah, we definitely have Rodriguez in it. We have, um... Look, we'd offer a role to Nicolas Cage. <laughs> he, well, he says yes to everything, so he would do yeah, Norm MacDonald. Yeah, everybody. Yeah, Don Don the Dragon Wilson. He Ted Danson. Ted Danson. Ed Begley Jr. Danson. Who would play us? Or we play ourselves? We play ourselves. Really? Come on. I would prefer, honestly, I would prefer if it was Greg played by Ted Danson <laughs> and Rob played by Ed Begley. Uh, I would actually prefer that than the two of us being in it. But then who do we play? Why? Why? Why would we have to be in it? <laughs> Producers. Because that would be cool. It wouldn't be the point. Like, that's like saying the angry video game nerd, the movie, but someone else is playing the angry video game nerd. You can't have that. I guess. I don't know. Well, I'll, I'll, to, like, I'll write, write an email to Kevin Smith. <laughs> Tell him to write a script. We'll write it. Well, we, no, we'd have to write the script. We don't even know how to write a script. <laughs> You're just improvise. I've written one script in my life. It was the Streets of Laredo. Yeah, we talked about that. And it was rewritten like 85 times to the point where I don't even know who actually wrote it at the end of it. Alright, so... And it was with a western with opera singing. No, so we won't even write. We'll, the whole thing will be improvised, but we just need we just need that, that the core plot. Yeah. You know, like Curb Your Enthusiasm. They have the core plot of the episode and then they improvise the rest. I still like the dancing Begley idea. Well, they'll be in it, but they'll be, you know, someone else. No, they'll be like the alternate. Th th no, they'll be older us. They'll be us in the future. Doing what? Doing the Paunch Stevenson show oh, in like oh, the year on. 2050. Uh, Episode 4033 or something. I don't know. Or we could write a movie about those two, like, doing green things, like, fighting over green initiatives. Well, that could be part of it. Sort of, sort of like, um, Envy with Ben Stiller and Jack, Jack Black. <laughs> Jack, Jack Brown. Alright. Jack Red. Uh, that's it. <laughs> hey, Greg, do you know what it's time for? It's A few weeks ago, I was at the Digital Press Store. They hosted a local um, band, um, and uh, and some some of the there were kids are they're at the Montclair State University, which is a local college, and they're in the band there, and so they came and played a bunch of video game theme songs. Uh, with like saxophones and violins and stuff like that, and then they then they had like a rock portion. Mm. Now I will have to admit I didn't un I did not recognize most of the songs because a lot of it was like newer stuff. Oh what? Yeah, well you got to do the classics. So they did do a couple. They did, uh, in fact, they did was really good. They did Doctor Mario. Oh yeah, they did the yeah. Doctor Mario theme. So I'll I'll play I'll play that as the. Uh, the uh, old jingle of the episode. Nice. We haven't done it in a while. Which one was it? Oh, what? What the the title screen music? You know the the no 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 the you know the one that, that's like. Oh yeah yeah yeah. You're right. Dun, 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 yeah yeah. Yeah. That was that music was done by the same guy. Hip Tanaka, 
he did the mu- I mean, obviously it's a nickname, but uh, Hip Tanaka. He did the music for Kid Not Icarus. Foot Tanaka? No. Not Elbow Tanaka or Knee Tanaka. Hip Tanaka. He did the music for the NES game um, Kid Icarus. He did the music for the NES game Metroid. And he did the music for the Super Nintendo game Earthbound. So, very, very good classic video game yeah, composer. 